If you're a leader or an aspiring leader in the business of lifelong learning, you're in the right place. I'm Salisa Steele. And I'm Jeff Cobb. And this is the Leading Learning Podcast. Welcome to episode 234 of the Leading Learning Podcast, which we're going to focus on the implications of the current moment for the future of online learning. The coronavirus pandemic is impacting life as we know it, including how we learn. Limits to travel and social distancing have created a resurgence of interest in online learning, and many organizations are rushing to launch or expand their e-learning efforts. But, and this but is critical, learner expectations are higher than in the past, and competition from direct competitors has increased, as well as competition for people's time and attention, especially now that many are working and learning from home, and you have all the distractions that goes with that. So we want to spend some time thinking about what this moment, pandemic, social distancing, stay-at-home orders, and so on, what this moment might mean for the future of online learning after this current corona crisis passes. Now, clearly, we're in the thick of it. This pandemic and its ripple effects are playing out as Jeff and I record, so we don't have the benefit of hindsight. We're engaging in that tricky business of trying to see the future. We might not get it right, but to a certain extent, that doesn't matter. There's some value in just the act of taking time to reflect, taking time to take stock and then predict and make some educated guesses about what the implications might be. As we head into that educated speculation, we'll pose two reflection questions, which you'll also be able to find in the show notes for this episode at leadinglearning.com slash episode 234. First, we're going to talk about three aspects of the accelerating present. Now, which of the three is most salient for your learning business, and what might you do to address that need? And then second, where do you have the chance to use ERT, or Emergency Remote Teaching, as an MVP, Minimum Viable Product? Keep those questions in mind as we continue this discussion and turn first to the defining problem. Yes, we have a defining problem with defining the term online learning. There's a nomenclature issue that needs to be untangled, but it's likely to get messier before it can get untangled. The issue is that online learning is an extremely broad term that encompasses everything from self-paced e-learning to synchronous instructor-led sessions to micro-learning to semester-long offerings to blended learning that mixes in-person sessions with online resources. So the term online learning is broad to start with, and because it's broad, the term is imprecise at best and potentially confusing. But what those flavors of online learning you just ticked off, Salisa, what what they had in common was that they were designed for online delivery. And now the defining problem gets hairier because in the current moment, we're seeing a glut of offerings that were planned for in-person delivery being shifted out of necessity to online learning. Now we have online learning that was not designed for online delivery. It's being retrofitted or or rethought for online delivery, often under duress, under great pressure, with a short timeline by people who may have the best of intentions, but maybe no experience or insight into how to design and deliver effective online learning. And so this issue has led some to trot out a new term. 
At the end of March, there was an article in Educause Review that suggests what's happening at most higher education institutions now should be called Emergency Remote Teaching, or ERT for short, not online learning. Now, we'll link to that article in the show notes that you can find at leadinglearning.com slash episode 234. And here's a relevant excerpt that digs into what the authors define as emergency remote teaching. In contrast to experiences that are planned from the beginning and designed to be online, emergency remote teaching, or ERT, is a temporary shift of instructional delivery to an alternate delivery mode due to crisis circumstances. It involves the use of fully remote teaching solutions for instruction or education that would otherwise be delivered face-to-face or as blended or hybrid courses, and that will return to that format once the crisis or emergency has abated. Now, let's segue from this defining problem to a look at some of the potential benefits of the current moment for online learning. We see two big benefits in this present moment. The first has to do with overcoming barriers to trying online learning. There have been some holdouts on online learning, both uh, on the part of organizations offering the, the learning, the continuing education, the professional development, and also on the part of learners. The individual learners may not trust their own abilities with technology, or they might think that they're going to miss the networking of in-person events. Organizations may think they don't have adequate resources. Uh, That could mean uh, staff skills or finances or both. And so they might think that they can't pull off online learning, or they might think that their audience won't adopt it if they build it. So for these and, and many other reasons, there have been holdouts on trying online learning. But the coronavirus crisis is obviating those reasons for holding out. In many cases, in this current moment, it's online learning or nothing. And the manner in which the barriers to trying are being overcome, the manner in which the holdouts are being converted, arguably casts a very favorable light on online learning. Basically, online learning is saving the day. So that first benefit has to do with overcoming the barrier of trying. Another benefit of the current moment is that many are, for the first time, experiencing firsthand the advantages of the format. Now, often online learning is compared in a negative light to in-person learning, and online learning is viewed as second-rate. But it often brings inherent advantages, and folks are not just being told that now, they're getting to experience it. So, you know, just as the internet has been touted as having a democratizing effect and an equalizing effect, meaning, you know, anyone can access a wealth of information, online learning can remove barriers to participating in learning. More people can participate once the hurdles of travel are removed. And we've often cited the fact that an organization's annual in-person conference, for example, often serves only a small percent of its audience. Too many folks can't afford to travel, whether that's in terms of hard dollars or in terms of time away from home, family, and work. So in this present moment, we see the problem that slapdash efforts to just throw up some online learning might give the format, might give it a bad name, confirm people's suspicion that online learning is a second-rate way to learn. And we see the benefits that more people are trying it and experiencing its advantages. This is a both and situation. Both the problem and the benefits exist. Whether your learners see more of the problem or more of the benefits comes down to execution, and execution depends in large part on leadership. 
Yeah, and a significant part of leadership, it seems to me, is to help people make their way into the future successfully. And as you said at the outset, Salisa, we can't predict the future, but we can see the accelerating present, as Rohit Bhargava puts it. And I'll note that Rohit's been a four-time guest on the podcast, and we'll make sure to link to his last interview in in the show notes. So let's look at three aspects of the accelerating present that strike us. So these are things that we think extend beyond the current moment, things that have implications for the future of online learning. First, the need for more sustainable and accessible forms of connecting and convening. So this need has been part of the accelerating present for quite a while. The emergence of COVID-19 has just made it glaringly apparent. You know, irrespective of, of dangerous viruses, and you know, experts have been predicting for years that dangerous viruses would emerge and COVID-19 is unlikely to be the last, there's been a disconnect for a long time between the need to address climate issues and the amount of waste created by face-to-face events. And related to climate change, weather events, you know, floods, heavy snows, hurricanes, etc. Those weather events challenge place-based learning. I know higher ed in this current moment has been looking at past weather events for lessons learned. Ray Schroeder, who is a past podcast guest, wrote a piece for Inside Higher Ed on what Katrina taught universities about pivoting to online delivery. And we'll link to that article in the show notes. And as we already touched on, many people simply can't and don't attend face-to-face events. As a learning format, they're inaccessible to many, if not most, of the people that we purport to serve as learning businesses. My hope is that in the shift towards virtual, we also shift towards less of an emphasis on learning as an event and start realizing the full potential for learning as a process, for learning as a process that appropriate technology platforms, like, for example, online community, can make possible. Now, the second aspect of the accelerating present that we want to mention is the need to meaningfully address disruption and displacement in employment. Many businesses are shuttered or have cut back during this pandemic, and as a result, many people have been sidelined, furloughed, or simply put out of work. But again, this impact of the coronavirus is part of a growing pantheon of forces disrupting employment. Other forces um, changing the requirements for specific jobs and reshaping, if not eliminating, entire professions include outsourcing, offshoring, robotics, artificial intelligence, and more. And anticipating the the learning and unlearning uh, really needed to navigate these jobs and career changes is an essential part of leading learning. And you know, clarity is arguably the greatest service we can provide our learners, which is that's a big reason that uh, I've been an advocate of developing pathways for learners to follow. You know, NIGP, uh, for example, has done that uh, mostly online through its Pathways program. We'll be sure to link to that, but. But pathways, by their nature, are about what's known. So at best, they're only a partial solution. And we have to also address the need to navigate what are called wicked learning environments. And that's the third and final aspect of the accelerating present uh, that we want to raise. And that concept of wicked learning environments comes from psychologist Robin Hogarth, as opposed to kind environments in which clear patterns emerge and and feedback from experience reliably contributes to improved performance, wicked environments don't provide 
automatic or reliable feedback. They make it difficult to learn and improve. So, you know, even in relatively straightforward jobs, say something like transcription or firefighting, the pace of technological change alone often puts people into unexpectedly wicked environments. And of course, many professions, for example, most of the medical profession, have always had major wicked aspects to them. And, And traditional education and training tend to be pretty limited in their ability to address wickedness. What's what's needed really is a, a different mindset, a, a true learning mindset, and an ability to, to leverage, you know, often much messier approaches like social and self-directed learning, uh, which, you know, we've discussed in, in previous episodes, and, and, you know, a lot of that can take place uh, online uh, these days. That's a big online opportunity. So, in other words, we must prepare and support our learners to become good learners and maybe even to learn effectively without us. And I'll mention too that um, we've authored a meta learning resource that looks at uh, 12 principles of meta learning. So it gets into this idea of helping your learners be better learners. And we'll make sure to, to link to that in the show notes uh, for this episode at leadinglearning.com slash episode 234. So these three aspects all highlight needs that have been around for some time, but are growing more urgent. The need for more sustainable and accessible forms of connecting and convening, the need to meaningfully address disruption and displacement in employment, and the need to navigate wicked learning environments. And leadership is needed to make sure these needs are met appropriately. Yes, and to to go back to your point about uh, both and, This current moment poses uh, a problem and offers benefits for online learning. The trick is to really understand your learner's situation and needs and then understand how your learning business can speak to that situation and address those needs. For some, the shift to online learning will bring a new ease of access that they, they won't want to forfeit after this crisis passes. In other cases, the online learning that's happening in the short term will be a stopgap measure, and some learning will and should revert to an in-person delivery model when that's possible again. So you have to know your audience to know which benefits are truly benefits and which are truly challenges. But to your point about mindset, Jeff, there's a lot to be said about how your learning business approaches this moment. Yes, there may be some emergency remote teaching involved, to go back to that term uh, used in that Educause review article that we mentioned, but there's also the possibility for that ERT to yield MVPs or minimum viable products, products that point the way to fully thought out, fully realized, nuanced, multidimensional online learning in the future. This moment requires us to prepare for the near future, that accelerating present, but it also offers the chance for us as learning businesses to learn from the current situation, and then be able to apply and refine what we learn in the more distant future. You know, this is definitely not the last time we'll have a need like this. There will, unfortunately, uh, be other viruses, more adverse weather events, wars, and other political disruptions, and, and continued concern about climate issues, all of which can impact how and where we learn. So we should use this moment to help us make better choices down the road so we can be prepared to provide the appropriate help to learners um, to give them what they need and want to know. 
So those are some of our thoughts on the implications of the current moment on the future of online learning. To get show notes, go to leadinglearning.com slash episode 234, and the show notes will include the reflection questions. First, we talked about three aspects of the accelerating present, the need for more sustainable and accessible forms of connecting and convening, the need to meaningfully address disruption and displacement in employment, and the need to navigate wicked learning environments. Which is most salient for your learning business and what might you do to address that need? And then second, where do you have the chance to use ERT, Emergency Remote Teaching, as an MVP, a minimum viable product? When you check out the show notes, you'll also see various options for subscribing to the podcast. If you're getting value out of what you hear, we'd be truly grateful if you would subscribe. It helps us to get some data on the impact of what we're doing. We'd also be grateful if you would take a minute to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Go to leadinglearning.com slash Apple. That will put you in the right place. Jeff and I personally appreciate your rating and review and ratings and reviews help the podcast show up when people search for content on leading a learning business. Finally, consider following us and sharing the good word about leading learning. You can find us on Twitter by going to leadinglearning.com slash Twitter, on Facebook at leadinglearning.com slash Facebook, and on LinkedIn at leadinglearning.com slash LinkedIn. We also encourage you to use the hashtag leading learning on each of those channels. Wherever and however you do it, please help spread the word about leading learning. Thanks again, and see you next time on the Leading Learning Podcast. Yeah.